You know, time is a funny thing. Sometimes time takes forever. Years ago, I remember talking to someone about the objectivity and the subjectivity of time. They said, if you put your hand over the flame of a candle for 30 seconds, it feels like your hand is there for an eternity. The same 30 seconds spent embracing the person you love most in the world is over in a heartbeat. The difference is not the amount of time spent in each case because it was only 30 seconds. Rather, the difference in each case is your subjective experience of time. But time is objectively the same in each. This weekend, we celebrate the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is Latin for the body of Christ. This weekend, we celebrate in a special way the source and summit of our faith, which is the Eucharist. If we didn't have the Eucharist, we would be just one religion among many. But it is the Eucharist that truly sets us apart. The readings today attempt to weave a picture for us of all of salvation history with the precursors and the types of the Eucharist from antiquity until the time of Jesus. And then the rest of the Mass shows us the continuity, continuity of that worship today. The first reading we hear, we hear about a man named Melchizedek, a man with no backstory, but who is, as it says, a priest of the Most High God. He is the first actual priest we hear about in scriptures ever, while Adam, Seth, Enoch, Noah, and Shem all acted in priestly roles in that they offered sacrifices to God. None are described as a priest of the Most High God until Melchizedek. And what does this first priest of the Most High God offer as a sacrifice? He offers the most simple of offerings. He does so with a pure heart, and that is why it is accepted. He offers things that everyone of that age had access to, food and drink, and he offers them back to the Lord in thanksgiving. Hundreds of years later, the Israelites would have a practice that bread would be offered to the Lord in the temple. This bread would be changed out every week. This bread was known as the presence, the bread of the presence of God, for they believed that it actually was the presence of God dwelling with them. This bread would be changed out every Sabbath, and the old bread, the old bread of the presence, would be consumed by the priests. There was a practice of the Israelites that a few times a year, the high priest would come out with the bread of the presence from the temple and show it to the entire people of Israel as he proclaimed, Behold, the Lord your God. In Mass here, I as the priest will hold up the Eucharist and proclaim to you, Behold, the Lamb of God. Roughly 3,800 years after Melchizedek offered his sacrifice of bread and wine, what do we offer to the Lord as a sacrifice? We also offer bread and wine every Sabbath, which is consumed not only by the priests, 
but by the entire people of God. Jesus says in the scripture, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He does not get rid of the old form of sacrifice, but he continues it and he changes it. The words of the second reading should sound very familiar to us, for they are the words of institution we hear every time we attend Mass. The end of the reading is the mystery of faith that is proclaimed immediately after the words of institution, showing that the Church didn't just make up Mass with things that it thought sounded nice. Rather, the majority of things that we say in Mass are directly taken from Scripture. In the Gospel, we can see a typology or a precursor for how the Mass was developed. What does it say? It says that Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God. He spoke to them and he exhorted them by his words, the word of God, the living gospel. And then after they were nourished in their mind, he produces the miracle of the multiplication of food so that they would be nourished and given strength for the journey. These are the two parts of the mass we celebrate today. The liturgy of the word begins at the beginning of mass and ends when the petitions are done. Then the liturgy of the Eucharist takes over when the altar is being set. Jesus is the one who has given us the flow or the formula for how we celebrate and have celebrated mass for 2000 years. So if this is, if the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God, how come I only taste bread or wine when I receive communion? I will direct you back to our discussion of time from the beginning. It matters not what your subjective experience of the Eucharist is. Objectively, it is still truly God present among us. Whether we realize the gift before us or not, the reality is still true. The simple truth is that the Eucharist is either God, as Jesus claimed it was, or it isn't. It cannot be just another truth among many proclaimed by religions. The claim that we make that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God is so radical that it cannot nicely coexist with claims from other religions. The Eucharist is the only food that changes us from the inside. It does not become more like us. Rather, we become more like it, more like God. In our Eucharist class in seminary, the professor said that if we go to Mass and the only thing that is transubstantiated is the bread and the wine, then it has truly been a wasted Mass. For we should become transformed as well into something more Christ-like every time we receive the Eucharist. This is the entire reason that we do it. It's not just to feel close to Jesus because he's gone now and we miss him. It is to become more transformed like him every single day so that when we die, we have changed so much that we resemble something more spiritual in existence and we are able to exist in the heavenly realities without being destroyed because we have clung too much to our own humanity. So as we come forward today to receive the Eucharist, let us do so with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts. 
for the wonderful gift that is divinity given to humanity so that our human nature can be elevated to be forever in heaven with the divine.